Hello listener, it's the host of Campbell's Football's Grant Campbell here, with a message to every one of you listening to this podcast. Please keep safe during this very stressful time with the outbreak of coronavirus affecting not just football, but our everyday lives. Make sure your friends and family are safe during this very stressful time for many of us, not just physically, but mentally too. But Campbell's Footballs will still be producing podcasts. However, there will be very few predictions because obviously there's not much football going on at the moment. I have a few in-conversation specials though, which I'm sure you would love to listen to. But at the end of the day, please make sure that you look after yourselves. Take the time to listen to the show in your own home, with friends and family. And remember that we are all in this together. So take care, be safe, and I'll see you soon. It's time for another Campbell's Football's In Conversation special. I'm joined for this episode by former Dundee Aberdeen and Rangers player Gavin Ray. Gavin, a warm welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. Now, you're living in Australia now these days, are you? I am. I've been here for about just over five years now. Are you, uh, I take it the lifestyle over there is uh, much more uh, kind of freer and calmer than living in the UK, is it? Um, it can be hectic. Um, you know, we've certainly got uh, challenges as well over here, but it's, uh, it is a good place to live and a good place to, to raise our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for coming on uh, the show, and uh, we'll, we'll delve into a little bit more about your current situation uh, as we go later on in the podcast. But my first question, as I always say to everybody who comes on the show, Gavin, is what made you want to go into football in the first place? Um, I just always, obviously, always loved football. Uh, played it from a young age. Um, I had a lot of friends who were uh, getting signed up by teams, and you know, I just wanted something on a bit, a bit of that as well. And I was definitely later sort of developer than, than a lot of my friends and my, uh, the, play, the players that I played with. But I could see them getting signed up by teams, and you know, I wanted a bit of that. So that's what kept driving me on. Who was your sort of inspirational characters when you were getting into your into the sort of professional game? Uh, I grew up an Aberdeen fan, and uh, you know, got to see them when they were at their peak in the eighties, and I just I loved going along, you know, watching them, and you know, some of their players at the time, you know, were, were fantastic. Jim Bet, you know. Alan McLeish, who I worked with a few times, and uh, but probably Willie Miller was—he was my obviously he was captain. He was their leader, and I loved loved him as a player. He was pretty pretty smooth for a centre half, but he had a bit of bit of needle about him as well yeah. when when needed. So uh, you know, I like looking up to him. Yeah, so let's move on to talking a little bit more about your professional career. So you started in '96 at Dundee. Tell me how that came about. Yeah, as I sort of touched on, you know, I was quite a bit of a late developer. Um, I started, you know, played junior football in, in Aberdeen, and um, there was a scout from Dundee um, from in Aberdeen, and he recommended uh, that Jim Duffy come up and watch a game where myself and Cherry O'Driscoll were playing. So it was us together in a cup final playing against each other, 
um, and we both played pretty well and from then on he, he basically says Listen, I want to take you both I think you both got a chance um, and that was it really I'd never really I'd never signed this form with anyone I played for Brecon in the Youth Cup um, and they wanted me to sign but it was semi-pro whereas obviously I had the chance to go full-time at Dundee uh, and straight into YTS from school so uh, I took that option and you know it was, it was obviously it was, it was a great option at that time Some cracking players on that Dundee team from the time you were there were there any real characters that you enjoyed playing with? Oh, I was lucky enough I mean uh, a massive character that I played with was Chick Charnley you know, I used to be his runner. Get, I used to be all running for him and, and just give him the ball. And what a player he was, you know. I think yeah. it's, he's obviously got a reputation for other stuff, but what a footballer he was. He was a sensational football player. So yeah. for me to sort of be in the middle with him and Jim McAnally as well when I was breaking through, another, you know, very... Um, very professional, long career. Yeah. Uh, these types of players I was getting to play with uh, in the middle of the park, which was you know great experience for me. Um, Morton Weekhorse, all these players that were there at that time when I, when I was coming through. So great, great times and, and certainly great learning. Um, obviously, the longer I stayed at Dundee, I was there for ten years. Um, you know, some of the players I got to play with was just phenomenal. You know, when you've been at a club for so long, when play other players sort of move on and come and other players come in, how difficult is it to adjust? Do you almost feel like you're the, a father figure in sort of helping these people adjust into the club? Uh, depends. Depends on their experience level. You know, some of them, the players obviously that we signed were very senior pros that had a lot more experience in football than me. So to them, not so much, but. Maybe to the younger ones that were coming through, like I had come through from YTS, um, you know, that sort of players I would try and help as much as I can, uh, as much as I could, sorry, but, you know, the older players obviously knew they'd been around football for a long time, so I didn't really have to tell them too much, but um, yeah, certainly the younger ones coming through was a little bit different. I was trying to think who, what managers you played under at Dundee. I mean, I mean, what, what what was the training methods like, and how much kind of inspiration and knowledge did they give yourself and your teammates? Huge, you know. I started with Jim Duffy and Jockey Scott, John McCormack, uh, the Benetti's, you know, and then Duff came back. So yeah, all different methods, loads of learnings, you know, and certainly a good grounding for me. Um, but yeah, it's the, the main thing for me was being able to play football full time as as a as a job. Yeah. Per se. It was just you know phenomenal to get that opportunity. And what was the crack like in the dressing room? Because, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of other ex-professional football players and it, it seems to vary in terms of who were the cheeky chappies, who were the ones that were very quiet, very focused, and just the ones that were just, you know, generally enjoy playing their football. Yeah, you definitely get, or certainly get a mix uh, in the teams as you, as you come through. Um, you know, we had... South Americans, with Italians, with Scottish guys, with English guys, yeah. loads of different characters and, and loads that bring different things to the table. And like you say, there's some that are more quiet, there's some that are really loud. Um, it really just depends. And you know, we had had lots of different uh, characters throughout my career. And you know, when I was breaking through, they had you know Ray Farnham was in the dressing room, Jerry Britton, yeah. Noel Blake, and they were massive characters. You mm-hmm. know. For a young YTS player to, to look to towards, they were huge characters in the gesture. And then, obviously, I end up becoming more of an established figure in the gesture room. And it's, that, that dynamic in the gesture room is definitely something you miss. Were you ever intimidated by these characters, or did you feel like actually need to look at these guys and say, that's what I aspire to get towards? 
Yeah, I think it was more that than being intimidated. Or certainly a little bit of intimidation or you know nervousness around them to yeah. start with. But, but once you once you become a teammate of someone, you know, it's very quickly they take you under your wing and you're part you're part of the team and you're part you're one of them. But certainly the way they went about their business and how professional they were and how much you know confidence they had was certainly something I tried to get to um, and look up to and see what they've done in their careers and, and how they sort of used that as well. You made over 200 appearances in your first stint at Dundee. Um, is there any highlights from that period? Um, obviously Dundee Derby's obviously quite high up the agenda playing mm. against Rangers and Celtic but was there any standout moments, any standout goals? For you? Um, the standout moment would definitely be probably the Scottish Cup final, getting to the Scottish Cup final with Dundee. You know, it'd been a long, long time the, uh, previously they hadn't been the one, so getting to that level and getting to play in the Scottish Cup final at Hamden um, was a fantastic, obviously, achievement yeah. and something I always look back on fondly. Um, the result, not so much because they didn't win, but, you know, certainly to get to to that level and, and be on that stage with Dundee was, was amazing getting to play in Europe you know we played in Europe we played away to Italy and Albania I scored a really good goal against the Albanian team in the home tie was probably my best goal for Dundee yeah. um, so yeah things like that stick out but yeah no, it, was, it was great times I mean the, 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 I always remember Dundee very vividly with that, that Argentinian set up players like Kinesia Caballero etc what were they like as players because Kinesia you know when you just think of him, you just think he's just a magician on the ball. He was, he's probably, it was and still is the best player I've ever played with. He right. was just like next level, next level. Like, and I see throughout my career, you know, I was lucky to play with some fantastic players at Rangers, Andy Cardiff, and, and obviously Dundee and Aberdeen. He was the best player I've ever played with. Um, just, it was like he was on a different level to the rest of us on the pitch. He was on like, he should have been playing so higher, so yeah. much higher. But um, he was, he was phenomenal. Um, but we did have some some great players as well along with him. You know, Nimzadze in the middle with me That's again, right. a partner in the middle. Uh, was a f- fantastic player. Uh, Caballero was an outstanding player as well. Um, not a great trainer. A lot of the South Americans are quite chilled at training, but then they just <laughs> switch on in games, and you sort of just have to get used to that because Scottish were always at it, just full full steam ahead. So it was a little bit different getting used to the different nationality, but you know, certainly phenomenal players. I was trying to remember if Ravinelli played at Dundee at your time. Yeah, yeah, Ravinelli was there. Yeah, again, um, just that was just before we went into administration, yeah. and he came with he... Craig, Craig Burley. Because yeah. Um, and you know we had Kits Bayer. I mean, there were so many good players. Ravinelli was great. You yeah. know, top pro. Yeah. Um, good with the kids. You know, really good with the kids and trying to help them, and, and very noble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, you, you meet some amazing, amazing players along the way. I grew up watching Gazetta Football Italia back in the day, and I remember when Ravinelli was playing for Juventus along with Gianluca Vialli and players like that. And I always thought, what a player! When he came to Dundee, I was like, wow. You know, it was like it was somebody just sort of just jumped off. A newspaper and you're like crumbs you know they've seen some of these guys it's almost like the equivalent of you know nowadays we had Robbie Keane obviously went to Celtic and players like that just, when you get high profile names coming up to Scottish football it really boosts its reputation doesn't it oh definitely I mean I mean Kinija coming and he likes of these players Ravinelli the coverage that Dundee was getting at that time was, was incredible and you know the games and the and the games at the weekend were amazing to play in. Yeah. It was like phenomenal players. The results were good. You know, the football was really entertaining. Obviously, it wasn't sustainable, which yeah. is obviously the disappointing side of it, and you know the, the downside of it. 
which you know you don't look back on fondly on that side, but certainly the football at that time was exciting and, and great to play in. You know, I loved I loved playing in Dead Dundee at that point. What were the Benetti's like to work with? Because I don't think much has really been talked about them. Um, certainly different to what we'd been used to. You know, mm. totally different to what we'd been used to. Like training during the week was like nothing like we'd been used to. It was very tactical, uh, very little work with the ball, really strength and, and fitness, mm. um, really tactical. And you got a little, you did get the ball, obviously, and you, you played, but it was very minimal. But come Saturday, you know, we were certainly very well organised and just for the players we had at that time, it just gelled, you know, on the weekend it was just like, it was amazing, but certainly it took a long time to get used to the Benetis, myself included, I mean, I had no relationship with him to start with, yeah. um, I wasn't even in the team, wasn't even in the bench, you know, I was in the stand and, you know, I was obviously human because I'd played every single game the year before, so I was gutted, and then sort of just waiting my chance, and by the end of it, we had an amazing relationship and he actually loved me, but, you know, certainly to start with, it was tough. Who were your best mates at Dundee in the first season? Because, you know, I always, I was chatting to a few ex-pros and they, they had their sort of wingmen or wingman, so to speak, that they could, you know, have, have a lot of really good discussions with, obviously play computer games and stuff like that. Who were yours? Um, well, myself and sort of uh, Barry Smith had been, you know, around the first team for years together. So we were always close, you know, very uh, close. He was a skipper as well, he was a captain. So I had a good relationship with him. I still do, you know, I still keep in touch with him to this day. And we've always had a good relationship. Um, but all the all the boys that were there, you know, Lee Mayer was coming through, the young boy yeah. coming through. He's one of my best mates, you know, still. Yeah. Um, so there's always there's always people you get on really well with. Yeah. Um, but I always felt I got on pretty well with everyone. Yeah. You know, no matter where they were from, I'm quite people person, go in and try to speak to everyone as much as I can. Yeah. But, um, you know, I certainly had a few close mates. There are still close mates now, for sure. A man after my own heart. I'm a bit of a people's person as well. I had Lee Mayer on a yeah. previous show, and Lee's just a, a fantastic, bubbly character. I really enjoy his uh, humour. <laughs> yeah, he's a so, legend, yeah. So, yeah. after your first spell at Dundee, which, as I said, over 200 appearances, 26 goals, you then decide to make the giant leap to play for Rangers. What was that like? That was amazing. You know, amazing opportunity. Um... You know, it's, I look back on it and it's frustrating that I didn't, you know, fulfil as much of my potential at Rangers and I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I'd like to because of a couple of really bad injuries. I mean, I missed two years, solid. Yeah. I was out for actual two years, two calendar years, but basically out um, between football. So that was tough, really tough, and really certainly one of the downsides of my career, the down part. Mm. But um, to get to play for a club like Rangers and the opportunity to play for them was, was amazing, yeah, I loved it. When you've had a sustained period out with an injury, um, how does that affect you both physically and mentally? How do you keep yourself motivated? Yeah, it's, that's tough and that's a, certainly a tough tough part of being a footballer, you know, when you're out injured it's, it's nothing worse. You know, I was, I'd signed for Rangers in a beautiful training complex, a massive mm. global club and I'm basically in the gym solid for two years, um, getting treatment, rehabbing, getting ops, getting treatment, you know, it was it was terrible but I had a really good medical team, they were good, and teammates that were good, the management team that was great, um, but you've got, it's got to come from within, you've got to self-motivate and, and keep yourself, you know, to focus yourself and I think I got through okay, it's, you know, you've got to have that resilience to do it yourself and I always felt like I did have that. Um, 
but it was nice. You know, it's tough as well because you're yeah, a club like Rangers. You know, they're always they're always going to be signing players. So I'm seeing they must have signed about six central midfielders in that time that I was out. So I was thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be this is going to be tough tough to get back in. And understandable at a club like that, but um, it doesn't make it easy when you're seeing all the new players coming coming in. This was under the Paul Le Guin slash Walter Smith era, wasn't it? So Alan McLeish signed me and then Paul Le Guin was there and Walter Smith as well, so I worked with three of them at Rangers. What was Paul Le Guin like? Because, you know, he, he, obviously he was very successful in French football, he came to, to, to Scotland and it, it never really worked out for him, really. Yeah, it's strange, very strange time, you know, again, a total difference of culture in terms of how football is delivered on the, on the training ground and you know it's great and you know, I'm always keen to learn it was very very different to what the boys were used to though um, and then when we didn't get results either then you know the pressure mounts on both sides and it was it was a tough time yeah. it was again I got on well with them I got on fine with them um, as I say I get on with most people and I think he respected how much of a, a professional I was and how dedicated to my craft I was Yeah. so you know we always had to decent enough relationship I didn't play as much as what I'd have liked but I think he always respected me on that side um, but no, it, was, it was just different totally different and then, and then obviously you mentioned um, Alex McLeish and, and Walter Smith I mean two legends mm. of Scottish football I mean mm. what, what are they both like just, just to be in their company and also just to learn from them oh great I mean um, you know Alex was one of my heroes as a kid growing up playing yeah. for Aberdeen so you know to get the chance to work with him at such a big club um, was great he's a he's a leader of men he's you know a, a giant of a guy yeah. and, uh, good coach really good coach as well he did a good coaching team with him as well but certainly really knowledgeable of the game and, and has had a really successful coaching career um, so yeah I got on great with him and you know still massive respect for him of course and Walter Smith I got on brilliant with and I love Walter I thought he was just the you know, epitome of respect. Yeah. You know, you as soon as he walks in a room, you know, everyone's quiet. He commands respect, but he's not like overly um, fierce with it. He's just, it's just an aura. You just got an aura about him, yeah. um, and I got on really well, really well with Walter as well. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, there was a, a interesting time at Rangers because obviously Celtic were obviously still battling them for the title. A lot of really good players on both sides of that period of time. I mean, what were the rivalries like? Because you know, obviously, had some really high-profile players still at Rangers. Barry Ferguson, probably the one I'm thinking of most importantly. But what was it like? What was the feelings like? It's, you know, it's always always the same. Uh, the pressures of being one of the one of the biggest clubs in, in the country, you know, um, with so much pressure on you to win every week, it's continuously like that. And I, I, I hadn't had that before because obviously, at Dundee, you don't have that pressure. Um, so it's, it takes a bit getting used to. The rivalry is huge, of course, and the build up to old firm games is massive. Um, I was lucky enough to play in a few old firm games, which I really, really enjoyed. And um, you know, you can certainly see the rivalry there. But you know, I think it's uh, it's built up a lot as well uh, in the media, which is great because it's great for the Scottish game. Um, but it's, it's def- there's definitely a rivalry there. But it's you know, it's, I think it's there's the sportsmanship side of it as well uh, when you're on the pitch. Did you have much needle with any Celtic players and Darvies? Um, not really, no, not not too bad. I, you know, I well, obviously playing against we were playing against like Wenin, um, 
we also been in the middle of that time, Roy Keane at, at times, you know, because <laughs> again, getting to play against players like that is, is quality and um, with a few battles, but yeah, all in, all in good spirit and you move on. Yeah, good stuff. So you had your you had your period at Rangers, and then you decide to take another giant step and move down to Wales to Cardiff City. I mean, why the move to Wales? Um, it, to be honest, I'd been around Scottish football for a long time, um, and because I'd had the injury problems, I was just looking for something, just something new, just something fresh, mm. get away from it, um, you know, try something new, and it ended up being, you know, one of the best moves I've ever made in my life. You know, it was, you know, the next season after not playing hardly any games, I played every single game. I played 55 games the next season, so you know, it was a. Uh, it was definitely the right move to get away and try someone fresh and I loved my time at Cardiff. It was a, a it's a great club. Um, you know, with huge history as well. We, when we when it first went down we were playing at Ninian as well, so it was Ninian Park, which was a great yes. stadium, old school stadium, yes. great atmosphere, uh, proper old school football stadium. So yeah, listen, I loved my time down there, it was great. And what were the and what were some of the characters like at Cardiff? Because obviously that I think during that time they got to an FA Cup final, didn't they? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so that was my first season. First season down there, we got FA Cup final, and um, no, we had we had a great team, and we had a few Scottish lads there. You know, Kevin McNaughton was there. Yes. Steve McLean signed the same day. Uh, Tomo, obviously, big Tomo. So um, we had we had great boys that I knew from before, but then we also had big characters from that were existing plus signed in. So Robbie Fowler came mm. that season. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Trevor Sinclair. Uh, Lewins was there, you know, Roger Johnson, Stephen Phil, with uh, Peter Whitman, he was a great team, you know, it was, it was a really good team, and you know, Aaron Ramsey was breaking through that year, yes. so it was, it was fantastic, yeah, it was great. And, and the, the standard of the English Championship then, compared to now, I mean, I mean even, uh, when I watch on TV, the Championship for me in England is, I would argue, as, as competitive a league as the English Premier League, I, I don't know what your thoughts were in the comparison with that. Um, it's certainly competitive. I mean, whoever gets promoted out of that league deserve it because you play so many games. Mm. You know, it's Saturday, Tuesday every week. You know, it's grueling. Um, there's some massive clubs in that division uh, with huge history, massive stadiums. Um, it is a, it's a great league to play in. It's very competitive. Lots of big, strong, strong athletes in that league as well. And you know, you've got to be able to just keep continuously doing it and be very consistent with your quality because there's a lot of good players in that division um, and it's certainly competitive so yeah it's a, it's a hats off to whoever just manages to get out of it for sure and the FA Cup final itself I mean obviously you didn't win it but but what was it like to just be part of that and how does that compare with the Scottish Cup final I mean I, I was trying to remember if you actually played in that Cup final but um, so yeah no I did I played, I yeah, played did. that final yeah, yeah so I played in you know, it's, it was huge again, another momentous um, game for my career and someone that's you look back, you, know, you obviously get notified of and remembered for and it was amazing, you know, there were so many players, so many people there, it's such a big game, you know, so well known in history. Yeah. Um, the actual game wasn't particularly great. We lost one 0 to Portsmouth, but yeah. you know they had, you know, we had chances in the game, and we could have on another day we might have won. But when you look back at their team on that day, it was, well, it was absolutely fair. Yeah, well, I was just looking at I was just looking at both teams, you know. So obviously your team had Peter Enkelman and goal, former Villa keeper. You yeah. had Kev McNaught, as you said, Roger Johnson, Glenn Leuvens, of course, played at Celtic. Yeah. Tony Capaldi, yeah. Joe Ledley, of course, had a great time at Celtic. Yourself, yeah. obviously, Stephen McPhail, brilliant player. 
Peter Whittingham, obviously very quick winger. Jimmy Floyd, who is an absolute legend. And Paul Parry, and that was just the starting eleven. And as you said, Tom on the yep. bench, Sinclair on the bench. And obviously looking at the, the Portsmouth team, you just said that David James, you know, an England goalkeeper. You know, I've worked inside this country, fantastic. Glenn Johnson, Saul Campbell, uh, you know, a man who's done it all. You know, absolutely sensational. Yep. Um, and then Pedro Mendes, who had a spell at Rangers, obviously. Cranshaw, who obviously went up and to Cranshaw. Rangers. Yeah. yeah. You know, extraordinary. Sammy Diara, who went to Real Madrid. Yeah, Can I know, it. I know. And, and the, the teams were phenomenal. Yeah. I know, I know. I was, I, I was, I was, I was just having a look just now because I was intrigued. At what, what a delve back in history. And obviously, Dave Jones was manager at Cardiff. I mean, what was he like? Because he's a guy as well who's done quite a lot in the game. Yeah, yeah, no, John Dave was, was great in terms of, I thought, I think his strength, Dave John's strength is putting a squad together, a really good squad of boys, a good squad of players, he's good at attracting players and keeping them all happy and keeping a good, you know, unity between the squad, very good at that. Um, he also had a fantastic coach in Terry Burton, who yeah. was the hands-on coach on the training ground and it was very tactical, really good awareness, um, came from Arsenal, coaching staff, you know, so the team... The coaching team complemented the, the, the playing staff really well and you know, I was I think I was there for every year, I was there four years, yeah, we left them the same year actually. So yeah, I had um, you know, the first few years I played a lot of games, not so much in the last year with with a lot of turnaround, but um the first four years, yeah, I'd played uh, first three years, sorry, I played loads of games, so I got on really well with them, and as I said, it was a great time. Yeah, I was just looking at the, the cup final, and I was noticing that the referee was Mike Dean. Now, obviously, Mike Dean's got a bit of a reputation in English football for being, how shall I, how shall I put this, for, uh, prolific and uh, always issuing out bookings and, you know, trying to make it quite entertaining. What, did you get on with him okay? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I actually didn't even know that. I didn't even remember that he was a manager. Uh, uh, sorry, the referee at that yeah. point. I can't even, didn't yeah, even know he'd done the game. Mike Dean. Yeah, 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 it was definitely Mike Dean. Yeah, well. So. <laughs> he, he's certainly he's certainly an alpha character that's for sure so yeah, after, no, uh, yeah so after your time at uh, at cardiff you you then decide to uh, to go back to dundee for a little while is that right i was just thinking did you go yeah, to dundee, right, Aberdeen yeah. or Aberdeen yeah, dundee? Yeah. no no i was dundee first i yes. went to dundee for about it was only about i think it was 12 12 games um so i had left cardiff or my contract had finished at Cardiff um, in that summer, but was still living there. I actually done pre-season with Cardiff when Malky McKay came in as manager. Yeah. Um, and I kept taking over, just looking for that next move. But we weren't sure what to do. Um, we had young twins, so, you know, the young family. So we didn't know whether we were going to come back up the road or whether we are just going to stay based around that sort of area. Um, so I was just looking for a club at that point and, as I say, just kept myself ticking over. And then it got to, like... September, October time, I still didn't really, I didn't have anything that I was keen on, there was stuff down uh, past London, I was like, well, I'm not really sure about going all the way down there, I wasn't sure what to do, mm. and then Baz, my mate, was the manager at Dundee now, he right. taken over as manager at Dundee, so he says, Gov, just come up, you know, come up, come up and play, and get back fit, and get back and join it, and I said, you know what, why not, so signed um, until the January, and then played 12 games and we'd, we, I really enjoyed working with Baz, he was, he was a great manager and we had really good upturn and sort of fortunes as soon as I joined and managed to get four goals in that 12 games yeah. and 
probably the most prolific I'd been in my career. You know, it was uh, it was interesting, and and then it got the got the move to Aberdeen after that for uh, a season and a half. So yeah, it was it was great. It was it was a good time, and it was the second time I signed for the club, and it certainly worked out the right way. And the time that you then moved to Aberdeen, you were playing under Craig Brown for a while, weren't you? When they were having their troubles at the wrong end of the table. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Craig. Craig Brown signed me. Um, I had a great relationship with Craig as well throughout my career. Yeah. He was a manager of Scotland when I got my first cap uh, when I was 23. So yeah, I've always had a, always had a good relationship with him. He'd actually tried to sign me in the summer before I went to Dundee, mm-hmm. um, but then something something happened and it, it sort of fell through. And then so he'd obviously seen me going to Dundee and then doing really well. So then he came back and says, "Yeah, we need to get it done." And I was like, yeah, "Of course, I'd love to." I'd love to come and come and play for you and, and play for Aberdeen. So it's yeah, it worked out great. It was great to play for my hometown club yeah. that I support um, and get my family, you know, come and see the games. I didn't have to travel so far, which was good. And you know, it was uh, you know a season and a half that I really cherished. Cherished, although the downside of that is obviously we didn't do particularly well and at that point so that's disappointing mm. but getting to play and score for my club was, was great well that was the, one of the games I remember you playing for I think it was actually against Dundee actually Aberdeen had won the game 2-0 I'm not sure who scored the goals that game I think it was Niall McGinn got one of them but you were playing I'm pretty sure Stephen Hughes was playing Ryan Fraser was was kind of starting yeah, out yeah. He, he was right, a phenomenal yeah. player I mean what were some of yeah, these yeah. guys like because you know as we just mentioned Niall and Ryan Fraser and that they, they seem good guys oh they're great guys we had a great we had a great suggestion um, we had a really good tight net dressing room Niles was on fire at that point a really good player um, Johnny Hayes yes. you know Ryan Fraser yeah, Russell at the back yeah. uh, Big Jamie and Gold we had, a, we had a great squad we had a really good squad it was, it was, it was good time good fun um, but you know didn't go didn't get as much success as what we'd have liked as I said but um, no we had a good good bunch of boys there you mentioned Jamie Langfield you put, obviously he was at Dundee as well at the same time as you mm. I mean what, what, what is he like as a character because you know I often thought he was a very solid goalkeeper who got a lot of unwanted criticism at times yeah but he's, a, he's a great guy uh, Jamie used to live in the house with me and, and Merzo with me that was they lived with me for a while so yeah close to Jamie and He's a really good goalkeeper, and um, you know he was prone to lapses in concentration now and again. And I think that's what people got on his back for. Yeah. But in terms of actual ability, phenomenal ability as a goalkeeper, like he had everything. You know, he, he could, you know, he was big, good reflex save, really good shot stopper. Um, you know, he, had, he definitely had loads of ability. And he obviously sustained a career for a long time, so. Um, he was he was funny, but uh, sorry he was good, but yeah, he was a funny guy as well. Really, really sharp. Always, you know, taking the mickey out of people. And we also had Josh McGuinness as well, of course, in addition, yes. who, who I knew from Cardiff yeah. um, as well. So uh, he's he's next level as well. So he's funny. Yeah, Josh McGuinness is an interesting one because when he came to Aberdeen, a lot of people are like, "Who is this guy?" But you know, you see him playing for Northern Ireland and he's scoring quite a few goals. He's done really well at Charlton. I mean, what is he like? Because he, he he seems a fantastic guy. He is. He is a top top guy. He's a. Uh, he's always bubbly. He's a. Uh, all loud, really loud, but really funny with it as well. Um, great for gesture. I knew him at Cardiff, he yeah. was actually a goalkeeper, you know the story That's behind right. him when he was yes. a goalkeeper and then That's he ended right. up going striker and fair play to him, I mean he's scoring in you know European finals, uh, Euro, the finals in 
for Northern Ireland. I mean, that is unbelievable, yeah. you know, and I'm so delighted for him because he's, he's a great kid. One of the great memories I have of Josh McGuinness, I think Aberdeen were playing Kilmarnock. I think I think Aberdeen lost the game 2-0, but I think the Dons were down to 10 men in the game quite early on, and, and Josh had to go from around about the halfway line trying to chip the goalkeeper, and the ball came crashing off the crossbar. And I'll tell you something, if I'd gone in, it would have been one of the best ever goals I'd seen at Petodre. It was quite sensational. I don't know if you remember the game been questioned. I can't, no, I can't remember, but he's a fair play to him, like what he's done and went and done with his career and how hard he's worked to get where he is, you know, fair play to him because he's, I think it was a long time trying to work out his best position yes. and he was, he played right, right back at Aberdeen, That's right. he played right wing back because he had loads of attributes, you know, he's very quick, strong, you know, he's skillful enough. Yeah. But when he went striker, um, I think that's when it sort of really clicked for him, and he's done very well. He's had some great moves, and he's still playing now. So yeah, fair play him. Absolutely. So after your stint at Aberdeen, oh, well, there's one last question I wanted to ask you. What was it like working with Craig Brown and uh, Archie Knox at the time? Because I called them the Jack and Victor of Scottish football, and they, they just there was so much knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, no, great. I mean, obviously, very distinguished careers. You know, they work with some top, top players. Um, I've known Craig for a while. I've known Archie for a little while as well through, through Scotland. So, yeah, no, I've known the guys for a long time. And uh, it was good to get to work with them at club level day to day. Um, and, yeah, it was, you know, as I say, I love my time at Arena. And, you then head back to Dundee for a third spell. I mean, wh- why, why did you decide to go back to, de- to there again? Was that just, you know, to do a little bit of management, to do a little bit of poet badges? Was that, or just to play again um, for a bit? Yeah, no, it wasn't so much. It was like, it was pretty much the day that Derek McInnes told me that I wouldn't be staying on Aberdeen, you wouldn't get another contract, yeah. which is fine, you know, and I know Dell well. Um, and he was going to change a few things. So I was like, fine, yeah, obviously I understand football now. I've been yeah. in football a long time, so no hard feelings and best of luck to you. And he's obviously went on and done very well, so I'm delighted to see that. Um, that same day, John John Brown, who was a manager at Dundee, he called me that same day and he says, listen, I'd love you to take you back down, you'll be club captain. And as soon as he said that, I was like, right, let's, let's have a chat. And then I went and met him and Scott Gardner, the, the chairman at the time. and it was all done pretty quickly you know and, and that was good for me because I was without a club you know it was all pretty much signed and sealed you know very very quickly so I knew I was getting another at least eight, another year um, and then so I was thinking yeah listen I'm still based in Aberdeen I've still got a young family um, we were always going to emigrate to Shirin and it'll sorry to elaborate on that a little bit later but that was always the plan so for to get another year back at home staying in Aberdeen and, and travelling to Dundee and, and training and playing down there and allowing my mum and dad and my family to see my twins yeah. our twins before I left to emigrate it just made sense everything yeah. just sort of clicked into place so yeah 100% let's do it and sign for the club for a third time which was <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting it but it was great and you really finished on a high because that Dundee side game promotion to the, the Premier League when you were there Listen, that was a, the best decision and probably one or the most probably the most enjoyable um, year of my career just because of getting promotion on that last day and being club captain you know at a club that had so much that had done so that had done so much for me and you know being very kind to me so to be able to repay that a little bit and uh, and win a win a trophy as well on the, on the last day was as club captain and was the perfect way to bow to bow out um, I actually had another year because we got promoted. But I was just like, nah, this is, it doesn't get better. And, you know, yeah. I could stay another year, might not, might not play. Um, 
you know, let's you think about it. I was 36. You know, I managed to play every game in the league, so I was still fit. But yeah. I was just thinking, you know, I could go again, but hey, will I get any better than this? Will I get a better feeling? Yeah. Will I get a better way to bow out? And plus, going out on my own terms instead of like well, that retiring was... through injury, yeah, or whatever. You know, it was just it, it worked out perfect. Now it's just not that's it. Let's that, take a decision. And, yeah, that was going to be my next that. question. I mean, that opportunity to mm-hmm. just finish your professional career on your own terms. You know, that must be a great yeah. feeling. That is a good feeling. You know what? A lot of players struggle when they don't get that choice. Yeah, uh, they struggle. Men- they struggle with the mental side because they've been. Uh, Retired through injury, through no choice of their own, you know, being unlucky with injuries and stuff, or, you know, just sort of fizzle out the game and not getting picked and not getting a club. Um, I was lucky that I had the choice in my hand and I decided just to take it and then sort of bow out at that point. Yeah, we have talked a lot about your club career, Gava, but let's move on to talk a little bit about your international career because, as you mentioned, Craig Brown gave you a call up to the Scotland squad. I mean, what's it like to represent your country? It must be the best feeling. It's, that's the pinnacle for sure in my whole career you know I've been lucky to play in a cup of finals and, and win a trophy with Dundee but you know that's, that's the pinnacle for sure playing for Scotland yeah is there any memories that you'll take away just any games that you played in or you know Stevia you played in or um, we we played in Japan you know in the Kirin Cup yes, um, yes that, was, that, was, that was phenomenal because it was like Watersmith uh, Koisty and I think it was Tommy Burns actually as yeah. well and Archie as well it was you know these guys being involved and, and then myself getting a call up because I'd been away from the game it was in the must have been in the May and I'd just returned in April I came back from my injuries pretty like was doing pretty well and um, I think Walter was at the last day game we had it Ibrox against Hearts and that played really well and then I got a call up and I was like yeah well 100% yeah. I'm in for that and then I went and played that tournament which is great you know it's fun really good to to get to uh, play for your country and, and countries you know in Japan it was amazing but you know the probably the, the biggest memory my favourite one of the most favourite memories in my career was playing against I think it, it was Lithuania at Hamden mm. in a qualifier yeah. um, I think we won 1-0 or 2-1 and Dan and Fletcher scored the winner yeah. it was his first game so I'd, I'd started that game so getting to start from a country at home 3pm kickoff at Hamden with all my family there that, that's, that's the best I mean that's just the best feeling ever that was amazing yeah, so that so that's your highlight game against Lithuania. I mean, I, I mean, I was trying to remember some of the teams that you played with. I was watching a game the other night. I think you, were, I think you played in the the game, one of the games against Holland, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I played in the second game. The ah, one, not the one nil game. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I wish I'd have brought that. Nah, nah. No, no, it was, it was funny or not funny. It was strange because I'd missed the first game on the Saturday because I had a niggling hamstring injury. Um, and then I didn't. I wasn't even on the bench. And then Christian Daly got booked, so mm. he was suspended for the for the return game, the second game. So then Barry Vokes was like, "Listen, can you try?" And so I, I trained them. It was Sunday, the Monday, and the Tuesday during the day, and it was fine. No, no, nothing at all. And then we go into the game, and it's like 
you know, after uh, like 20 minutes, and then after I pulled my hamstring after about 25 minutes, but I played the full game. Yeah. Because yeah. I, like, I can't, I can't come off. It's three now. I was just like, yeah. I'm just gonna have to try and get on with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned which was a horrible experience, but yeah, it was tough. I mean, you mentioned Bertie votes there. I mean, that that was the guy obviously who replaced Craig Brown, and I, I had Craig on a previous show, and he says that he felt that when the SFA took him on, it would have been a, a, almost like a natural progression. It never really worked out that way. Well, it's fantastic to hear a little bit about your Scotland career. And then you decide to take the plunge and move down under. Um, we've already established some of the reasons why you moved out there, but how is life in Australia? And, and are, are you still playing now? Um, life in Australia is good. Uh, I am still playing. I play but just over 35, like local league, um, Friday night, you know, social social league, basically, with, with my friends. And that's just to keep, keep playing, keep fit. Still have a team, still have the camaraderie with, with the team in the dressing room, um, which is great. I love that side of it. But it's also good for keeping fit, so I do, I do that every day once a week and, and, and play on a Friday night, so it's great. Um, but I also, I am coaching. I've been coaching since I've been here, so for the first three years when I was down here, I was still playing semi-pro um, and coaching, assistant coaching, and then I moved to sort of head coach and stopped playing at that level. Yeah. Um, and it's been it's been great in terms of experience of you know running a club you know running budgets uh, PL, you know signing players uh, you know gelling a squad together running teams how I like it and the experience I got from Scotland before I came you know I was coaching Aberdeen 17 for a while yeah. every now and again uh, Dundee reserves for a year uh, before I moved that last year I played uh, yeah. I was coaching the reserves as well so it was good experience and then obviously moved down here and I've been coaching since so got good experience at you know that sort of level which I think is is really good grounding in coaching um, and I've loved it it's been it's been it's been good we've had relative success at times um, we've also had a hard season where we didn't do so well so it's you know it's as I say it's great experience and I'm enjoying that side of it and so yeah I'll always I think I'll always be involved in football in, in some capacity and, and certainly play as long as I can as well and what's the name of the team that you manage or coach at the moment so people can have a Google and have a check and see what, how you keep it going yeah, yeah no worries uh, so the team I'm at the moment is called uh, Rydalmere uh, Rydalmere Lions FC so it's a team out West in Sydney. Yeah. Um, Sydney obviously been quite a big place. Um, so it's yeah, we've just uh, got a brand new stadium coming. Um, it's semi-pro level, so it's like you've got the A League and yes. then you've got MPO one, MPO two, MPO three. So we're in the bottom level, MPO three at the moment, and we're trying to work our way back up to MPO one, basically as high as we can go. And what like is the sort of style of football in Australia in comparison to Scottish football? Is it what, what's the differences? In your mind, I think it's not as developed. You know, I mean, football's been around in in the UK and Scotland for centuries. You know, it's mm. certainly not that level here. Um, there is the thing you get with Australia, though, is 
because of there's so many different nationalities, you get lots of really good technical players, like from South America, Eastern Europe, um, as well as obviously the Aussies, uh, and obviously all the people from the UK. Yeah. Um, so it's a very mixture of styles, um, all sort of put together. But it's still a developing game, and um, you know, try to push on and, and get a league yeah. doing really well again, and, and really a lot more exposure. But they're always going to have a struggle because you know NRL, the rugby league is, is huge here. It's probably the main sport, and there's they've got AFL, they've got cricket. You know, there's a lot of competing sports Absolutely. for a, a small nation. You know, and that's the challenge that they've got. You know, if I'm home in the UK, I'm reading about, if I read a newspaper, say, like, there's 15 pages of football. Yeah. You know, if you'd start at the back and move the work yes. away, and there's 15 pages of football. Yeah. Here, I have to actually go 15 pages in to get a, to get a page on football. Right. It's just totally different. Yeah. It's all NRL, AFL, uh, cricket. You know everything else, and then football. So loads, loads of challenges in terms of the, the get it to become the mainstream sport. But it's very widely participated in yeah. Australia, and the, the EPL here is massive. You know everyone talks about the Premier League, and it's huge, um, and it's the most participated sport in Australia. Football mm-hmm. is now, so they need to try and capitalise on that, right. and you know hopefully they can do that over the next few years. And you, you, you obviously have your family out there. Any aspirations to get them into football? <laughs> oh, both my boy and girl, uh, they both, they're both 11, um, and they both play football. Brilliant. Um, there's really, really good um, girls' football. It's massive in Australia, which is good. It's probably the leading sport for girls. You know, the Matildas are one of the best, most uh, celebrated teams in Australia, the, the ladies' national uh, football team. Um, so that's that's good um, and my son obviously plays as well I've never forced him into football but they mm. both love it yeah. uh, they both really enjoy playing it and that's great for me because I can go and watch them and you know, I'm getting to watch a sport that I love so you know I love going along and, and taking in the games and, and watching the games I don't coach too much I try to let them just enjoy it um, get that sort of feeling for it themselves and then give them little pointers if they ask but you know what it's like with a parent it's very little uh, input at times you can give so it's uh, yeah I just they both love it and that's the main thing they're both passionate for it and they want to continuously improve so that's, it's great for me to see and, and try and help we're coming to the end of our interview Gavin um, my, my sort of last question to you is what advice would you give to young up and coming players who want to, to have this opportunity to play at a high level and maybe end up where you are right now um, I think you've got to have a lot of resilience the biggest, the biggest thing and the biggest thing in my career was the ability to work hard I could outwork people and never been that particularly skillful as I say I was a late developer coming into the game but I could just keep going and keep grinding and keep getting uh, getting results that way and um, tactical knowledge comes with it you know the longer you go but you know the, that ability to work hard if, you, if you've got that you've got, you've got a fighting chance I'm saying that is you've got to have a lot of luck along the way and, and I certainly did um, and unfortunately not everyone can make it so you, people have got to be looking at other options as well because there's a very small percentage of people can make it in football yeah. and you know you've got to obviously think about other options as well because you don't want to get to that point when you don't you don't make it and then you've got nothing else um, you've got an open mind to do other stuff as well Gavin thank you very much for being a guest on Campbell's Footballs I've really enjoyed it no problem thank you cheers 
Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, or Instagram, or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs. What a dangerous night!